there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. By the right of blood, he said, I ask leave to enter Meridian for the honor of our ancestors and the memory of what was. Rand, chapter 23, Beyond the Stone. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my good friend Tracy. I'm here with my delightful friend Amber. And this is the road to Tarvalin today, back to the Shadow Rising. Woohoo! We're on our way to Ruidian. Get in, losers. We're going to Ruidian. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I like the quote so much. Like, this to me is such a meaty part of the series. We get such a, I don't know, this is our opening to the Aiel culture, to pieces of Rand's history that have only been hinted at, how he's connected to the Aiel. Like, I'm hoping that here on this reread, Rand's story and background sparks more joy than it did the first time. Yeah. And I don't mean to be contrarian or anything like that. It just, something just didn't get me. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I think it might have been more excited with other plot lines. But as I'm moving forward, I'm like, well, what plot line would it have been? Because at this point, I mean, we've left Tyr behind, so it mm -hmm. wasn't that. <laughs> so maybe maybe it'll spark some memories for me going forward. I don't know. I hope so. And if it doesn't, I feel like we'll still have a good time. As always. As always, yeah. So I have our summary for the chapter, if you want me to jump into that. 22, Out of the Stone. It's a fine day for leaving the Stone of Tear, and Rand is doing his best to enjoy this brief moment where he can pretend he's not the Dragon Reborn. The Aiel are following, along with Moraine, Lan, and Egwene. The destination is Ruidian. The need to move faster than anyone expects has pushed Rand to make a choice with potentially horrific side effects. Yeah, we're leaving Tear, guys. It's time. See ya. The lords, they're in the rearview mirror. Yep. Happy about it. Good to see them leaving. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. I feel like Rand's not sad about this either. No, I don't think anyone is because Moraine has been pushing him like, what's the next point? You're wasting your time here. And mm -hmm. we've seen that Rand feels the same way. He's been really digging into the history books and... Mm -hmm. getting his little library section of all of the important books that he needs and everything under control. And he's learning more about how to find the portal stones. And it's all mm -hmm. been pretty impressive for this. What's a nice way of calling him a bumpkin? <laughs> this backwoods woolhead. You know, like... Good on Tam, because he, he had yeah. to have been at least brought up in a way that approaches reading and studying mm -hmm. 
in a mm-hmm. in a good way. So mm-hmm. I think that I think that says a lot about his upbringing. His mom was out of his life so young, so it had to have been Tam. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back to like Eye of the World, I'm fairly certain there are books in the Althor household that are talked about. So, and like laying out where they're used, not like just sitting up on shelves. Like, I think that's a really good observation. Good job, Tam. Yeah, good job, Tam. Yeah. This sheep herder can read and right. think for <laughs> And himself. think and process. Yeah, because I mean, in so many ways, this decision that Rand's made to use the portal stone, the research that he's put into being able to locate it and figure out that this is actually going to be a plan that could work out, That takes a lot of determination and focus and intelligence. And it's not like he's had any formal school training. Well, he did did get some lessons with Selene. So he's not a complete dummy when it comes to the portal stones. He's done this Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. It's not like he's walking in completely completely unaware. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Varen's talked to him about them, too. I mean, not to the extent that Selene has and whatnot, but yeah. And I think it's impressive, too, that he's able to get everyone through because last time it was just Rand and a small handful of people. And this time mm-hmm. he's bringing a whole gaggle of the aisle with him. <laughs> They've got their pack, not horses, do they have mules, mules, mules. Mm-hmm. And besides that, Moraine, Lan, Avienda, Egwene. They're all together, and he he does it. He gets everyone mm-hmm. through. Matt's there. Can't forget about Matram. Can't forget about Matt. Yeah, he has some interactions with Egwene in this chapter that were kind of cutesy, mm-hmm. like they're back at it again with their almost like brotherly, sisterly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's almost like a competitiveness between them where mm-hmm. he's saying, you know, I could say one thing and Egwene will argue with me and then she'll turn it around and make my point seem like it's hers and that mm-hmm. she has the high road here and they're kind of going back back and forth a little bit and yeah, it's 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 cutesy, I guess. Mhm. It's nice every once in a while to see them as the young people that they are. Like there's so much writing on their decisions that it's easy to forget sometimes that they're still just, you know, kind of young kids figuring their shit out. And Matt can't help himself. He's, like, mischievous to the core, so. Yeah. I like this moment that kind of sets up this conversation between Egwene and Rand because essentially it's more exposition and we're learning more about the Aiel culture, about how they have this law or tradition of the fifth mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. anything people that they conquer they can take a fifth of the loot mm-hmm. and Egwene's kind of like not sure how she feels about this mm-hmm. and he makes a really great point about the tyrant high lords and he's like they wouldn't mm-hmm. have stopped at the fifth they would have taken everything yep and Egwene is kind of like put I think it I think it opens her eyes a little bit. I don't want to say mm-hmm. like it upset her or whatever, but it made her really think about 
where she stood in this mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, and I really like how, even though Rand doesn't defend it to Egwene because Egwene just kind of figures it out on her own as she's talking about it, but how he's like, they've earned it. Like, they paid their dues for this, and there was no way that Rand was going to stop them from taking something, especially when that something had already been, like, squeezed out of the people of Tyr. Like, part Mm -hmm. of me was like, okay, well, if you feel that way, then how about you take some of that money, that wealth, and distribute it among the people as well? Easier said than done, of course. But, like, they're riding through this rural which is a really hard word to say area and right 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 they're witnessing extreme poverty yeah like stoop-shouldered peasants like working the land and i think he's like even the congers and the coplins would never live in conditions like this so the way that the lords of tear treat their people is truly abhorrent like Mm-hmm. what the heck guys and we get to see it and so i'm like well if if they took what like the aiel if they took like some the fifth even though it's like barely the fifth of what is inside tier like isn't there a way to like i don't know wealth redistribution is that possible i don't know because rand has such a like a fingernails width of grasp on Mm. the High Lords and he's really struggling even with the help of Tom doing these Mm -hmm. secretive things behind, you know, the the cloak of (laughs) dark or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I wonder if he actually tried to make big changes like that if -hmm. it would just go too far and end up creating more of a chaotic Mm -hmm. like pushback from the high lords i don't know i don't know no i think that that is very likely i think that's a really good point like there's already a faction that's trying to push back on him so it's not like if he did this there wasn't already a group kind of hoping that he would make a step like that like it would just be the thing that they would need to get more people on their side. So I think you're right. Like, yeah, who knows? No, I like that though because it really, it really was like if their conditions are this bad. I know Rand has to leave, but I also know that when he leaves, the power vacuum is not going to be kind to the people outside the nobility again. You know, like they're going to try to. Mm-hmm maneuver around what he's tried to establish to make a more fair almost representation of the people in some ways i don't know i don't know yeah i think push too hard and the high lords would have been like poisoning hiring assassins (laughs) right yeah but all of this i mean comes to an abrupt end when Egwene brings up elaine Mm -hmm. and She's kind of <laughs> trying to show him that he's made an ass of himself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, she wanted to go. Like, I, right. so I let her go. And it's, it's naive. It's naive. But at the same time, I don't feel too bad about Rand because 
the situation is what it is and i can see it from both sides because they're both kind of acting moronic he and Mm -hmm. elaine (laughs) so i'm like okay cool we're ending that and then we move to the topic of perrin Mm. Mm -hmm. and morena's like yeah well good thing Matt's still here, and I'm like, oh, okay, the shade, Maureen, <laughs> once again, meaning, like, will you let Perrin just go off and do whatever, and I guess, I don't know, like, uh, I have a hard time talking about it because I know where everything ends up, mm-hmm. where I'm like, everything has to be the way that it is for mm-hmm. us to get to the ending that we need to have. Mm-hmm. So on one side, I'm like, yeah, probably wasn't a great idea to separate from the main group. But at the same time, mm-hmm. Emmons Field, they're out there all alone, leaderless. Mm-hmm. They don't have a wisdom anymore. Well, I'm sure they have someone, but it's not naive. It's not naive, yeah. I mean, what's going on in the three river or the two rivers? Mm-hmm. How are the people faring there? What are the white cloaks up to? I need to get back to it. Yeah. And I think like Moraine calling out Rand and being like, you made a grave error letting Perrin go. Like it would have been an even more grave error to not let him go. Like one of them had to go and they know it. Like all three of these guys know one of them had to leave and Perrin was the guy to do it. He was looking for a way out anyway. I mean, not that Matt wasn't, but like, Matt just gets slapped with that whole you have to go to Ruidian or you're going to die thing. He can't take off for the two rivers. Like, but Perrin, Perrin's able to do it. Plus, Maureen was like, I don't keep eyes on Perrin because he's so reliable. He was the perfect one to leave. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. But long story short, they go through the portal stones. Mm -hmm. They come out the other end. Matt is really happy to be alive and all (laughs) one piece. And no, no jumbled memories, none of the, the really awful stuff that happened the last Portal Stone trip. Because, I mean, once Rand announces that this is how they're going to travel, Matt's like, I'll go fucking work with pigs before I go through that again. That was terrible. What are you thinking? Rand's like, it's the only way. Yeah. So the first thing that they all notice once they arrive out the other end is the blistering heat. Right. And I think everyone's kind of just like sweating through their clothes instantaneously, Mm -hmm. especially our two rivers folk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Moraine and Lan seem to be doing okay. Lan's like, oh yeah, this, you know, welcome to the waste. This is how Mm -hmm. it is. I know things. And... (laughs) (laughs) Egwene is like just instantaneously like sweat pouring out of every pore in her body and just really Mm -hmm. uncomfortable but I like how this is written I like how uncomfortable it feels Mm -hmm. how hot like I can picture it I can see it it just sounds awful yeah but I think that's where this chapter ends up like they Yeah, where it's like Rand pulls more and more of the power and gets them through the stone. I think it's like the last sentence. It says, the world seemed to wink out of existence. And then we're 
in the waist with the queen stumbling about and sweating. <laughs> Sweaty. Well, let's Sweaty. We get to the next one. Absolutely. All okay. right. Beyond the stone. <laughs> Beyond the stone. I kind of feel like these are very lazy chapter titles, but I'm going to I'm going to let that slide. The success of the portal stone does not leave a queen in a very good mood, even though she has arrived in the waste far faster than she could have hoped for. They're greeted with hostility by some, uncertainty by others, and a group of wise ones reminding everyone of the peace of Ruidian. Aguine impatiently waits for all those around her to do their thing so she can get to what is most important to her, dreaming. Yeah. Yep. And this is an Aguine point of view. Like, one of the things that I liked about our chapters this week was it was Rand, Aguine, and then Matt like back to back for our point of views it wasn't the same person's point of view and I used to get kind of frustrated with that when I was younger but now I like it like it switches things up and I enjoy it more yeah I like this kind of camaraderie between Lan and Rand mm-hmm. and you can tell it's starting to wear on Moraine's nerves <laughs> and I kind of like it she's starting to lose her cool but we also know that there are deeper things going on between Lan and Moraine that mm-hmm. goes way deeper than the surface. Like, mm-hmm. we know that they're in a very heated time in their relationship. Yeah. Because Moraine's trying to, I guess she already has put in the precaution where if anything happens to her, their border Aes Sedai bond is severed. and turn to a different person so Lan will be connected to someone else without his choice. Mm-hmm. And that brings me right back to the next thing that Moraine does, and it's after Rand's big surge of channeling that he needed to bring them through the portal stones. Mm-hmm. She just goes up to him, lays hands, and heals him trying to wash away his fatigue with the one power. And again, I'm like, the consent. Come on, guys. Come on, please. Yeah. And I think he tells Moraine, like, ask, woman, you know? Yeah. I think Lan is kind of like, he's distancing himself from Moraine, Mm -hmm. where I feel like usually someone's saying something to Moraine, like, I'm not your pet dog. Right. Lan would step in, but in this moment, he is not even getting involved, and you can feel yeah. the tension. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, isn't there something when the wise ones come out where, like, one of them says something about, we knew that if you came, Lan might come along, and this is, like, uncomfortable? Like, Aguine's observing this, and she's like, if there's a lot of uncertainty around here, why would Lan not be with Moraine? And of course, like, his heart is split with his responsibility and his duty, and apparently he might not have been there. Yeah. Yeah. But all of this aside, we meet 
a flock of Aiel after they've come out the other end and mm-hmm. we get greeted with the peace of Ruidion. And we are start starting to become introduced with more Aiel characters. And this is really fun for me. Mm-hmm. We get to really see Amis, so the woman that Egwene had previously met in mm-hmm. Teleronriod. Yeah. And we have kind of like this a little bit of a chaotic moment on the Aiel side as well because something has obviously just been going on before they arrived. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of circling around the character of Kuladin, which we will mm-hmm. talk about later. But mm-hmm. so excited for this complete buffoon of a man to just be into the story. I'm I'm excited about it. This guy yeah. is... We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I like how upon arriving, all of the Aiel start to reorganize and like shift, mm-hmm. which yep. is really cool because now you see that even though they were traveling together, they're all parts mm-hmm. of different clans and, you know, stone dogs with stone dogs and mm-hmm. so forth. Like they all kind of split back up and go with their people, more mm-hmm. or less. Yeah. And I think from Ruark's point of view and Amy's, we get kind of a good description of how normally something like this with the Aiel mm-hmm. could be pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like some clans don't get along with other clans, but because they are in Ruidion, they are sworn and like have to uphold this peace. Mm-hmm. And to break this piece would be against their code mm-hmm. of honor. So yeah. we have yeah. to remain peaceful in this place. And I like that. I loved Amis greeting Ruark and them seeing each other. Like, she touches his cheek. And in Aiel culture, that's like, it's a big amount of affection to be showing in a public space. But I always just like it. It's so tender. Like, no one else really exists except for the two of them in that moment. And it's sweet. And then also the fact that she's like, my sister wife sends her heart to you. Like, knowing that Rourke has two wives. Mm-hmm. Another little piece of Ayul culture being seen in this little moment. There are so many, many little things. The way that the wise ones dress, like, there's a lot of descriptions of outfits. We haven't had that for a, a minute, and now we have, like, a new outfit, kind of the uniform of the wise ones. Yeah, their big bunchy skirts and their little hank. It's like a little handkerchief tied across the forehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We also learned that, like, that Ruark's, clan thought he was probably dead Mm, mm -hmm. there was a conversation to see if someone else had gone into ruidion and we very shortly learn why someone would go into ruidion if ruark was assumed dead and that's because to become an aiel clan chief you would have to go into ruidion so if he was going to be replaced as clan chief Mm -hmm. someone would have to go do this yeah Doesn't it get explained that, like, the reason why 
is it Heron? Is that how you say it? H-E-I-R-N? I think he's, uh, he's there to escort the wise ones safely. And that gives off, like, alarm bells to the people who realize the fact that wise ones shouldn't ever need defending by anyone. And so I think, like, Rourke's getting a really fast catch-up of where things have stand developed too while he's mm-hmm. been away yeah yeah this is something that i would really really like to see inserted into the tv show mm-hmm. i think just out of all of the chapters today i think this one moment is the one that felt like the most amount of exposition in the shortest mm-hmm. amount of time mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot that happens. Like, Lan apparently is some font of information when it comes to the Aiel, and Moraine had no idea. Now she's like, I'll be quizzing you later. Like, we're finding out all kinds of things. Even more of a <laughs> noticeable shift in the Lan Moraine dynamic. It's, yeah, it is. It's it tense. is interesting to see how that's like moving there's more that i want to say but i feel like it's more spoilery than anything else so anyways we've got the wise ones there and this is where kuladen kind of pops up and he's so enraged by everything he's (laughs) such an angry man (laughs) right i picture him like plankton from spongebob like Ah, like this <laughs> what if he's just a really tiny Aiel? That's why he's so like he has Napoleon <laughs> syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. He's a tiny Aiel. Angry. Yeah. Just <laughs> trying to live live up to the Aiel. Like stereotype of being really tall. Yeah. Isn't he like just told straight up by the wise ones that there's no way that they would grant him permission to go into Ridian even if his brother who was going through like the glass columns failed they're like you still will not be the next person picked to go down and potentially become clan chief like i think it's bears like there's something flawed inside you like oof yeah and that also comes on the heels i think of him being like i'm going through ruidian and they're like whoa like back it up here buster you have Mm -hmm. to ask our permission first so why don't you just take a few steps back and think about Mm -hmm. what you've said here and yeah it really shows how much standing the wise ones have and how important they are in aiel culture and society Mm -hmm. and kuladen just he's a dick man he just wants to do what he wants he's easily upset he's petulant he's angry he mm-hmm. shows way too much emotion i feel like yeah. compared to the other aiel definitely there's just there there's something there's something not quite right with kuladen agreed <laughs> agreed <laughs> uh sorry just thinking about where kuladen's character is going to go and i'm like ah i think it does not help that like right after the wise ones telling him that there's no way he's going to get permission to go to Ruidian, they're like, yeah, sure, Rand, go ahead. 
you have permission from all four of us. And yeah, uh, it's have fun. Good luck. So quick, so quick. Yep. Almost like they knew he what he was there for. Yep. Who'd have thought? Yeah. And then Matt's like, me too. <laughs> well, I want to back it up a little bit because Rand does yeah, really. Rand does this really intricate gesture and bow to Amy's, mm-hmm. and then he says, by the right of blood, I ask leave to enter Ruidion for the honor of our ancestors and the memory of what was. Mm-hmm. And I love how Egwene is like, what the fuck? Like, you're right? not Aiel, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like, doesn't he say something like, my mother was Aiel? Yeah. Amy's is like, your father nope, was, was Aiel. Egwene is like, I've known Carrie Althor. She was not Aiel. And then when <laughs> Amy says your father, you can hear like, you can hear her brain just exploding. Brain. She's yeah. like, what? <laughs> like, big reveal. Oh, Egwene. Yeah. Yeah. And then Matt's like, I need to go with him. And they're like, we can't give him permission to do that. And Rand's like, I give him permission to do that. And then everyone's like, all right. Until Cooladin is like, I'm going to throw a spear at you guys. And the wise ones are like, nope. Ah, so much happened in this chapter. Yeah, Cooladin tries to stab Matt. And the wise ones just <laughs> toss him aside with a weave. And <laughs> it's just so fitting for this peon Cooladin, this small-minded man right small angry man but yeah Egwene is absolutely I guess shocked again like they're channeling Ah, Mm -hmm. it all makes sense and I do like how all of this comes to her so quickly like after this moment I think it's this chapter she can now sense the innate ability to channel in other women where it's it's, I feel like the first time throughout the story where we get a good description, I feel like, of what it's like, what it feels like. And it's nice to know that it's not something that just comes naturally. Like you realize you can channel and then all of a sudden you can realize everyone else who channels. Yeah, Egwene has been going through a lot and learning mm-hmm. a lot. And so mm-hmm. it took her a while to even recognize this. And I think that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And like the fact that she says that she feels like a kinship to mm-hmm. the woman who can channel, including Moraine, and how she's never felt that with the other woman before. It makes me question even more the tactics of the White Tower, where if like, your instinctual reaction to discovering another woman can channel is a level of familiarity and kinship. Why? Why is there so much like just treating each other terribly? Ugh, it's just the White Tower being the White Tower. Right? White Tower's it- gonna White Tower. <laughs> True. And I mean here, like, when when there's this revelation that the wise ones can channel and then it's Avienda's turn to be like called out for like why she's actually there and it's like oh yeah Avienda can channel as well one of the wise ones accuses Moraine of like plotting to take a queen not a queen sorry of taking 
Avienda to the White Tower to train her. And they're like, the White Tower would just coddle her. And again, Egwene's eyeballs want to pop out of her skull. Coddling. Coddling. (laughs) What have I gotten myself into? Yeah, I never worked so hard in my life when I was as when I was a novice. Like, and here, like Avienda is being sent naked to run through a hot desert to go through it and to go through a testing that sounds very 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 similar to the one that the accepted go through to become or novices go through to become accepted and she's like i don't know how i would have handled just being thrown into that right off the bat like naive was and i just it's interesting it's a different way of of training the women who can channel for sure yeah we learned from Amy's that they can't bring in food, water, or weapons to Ruidion. Mm-hmm. And I think Rand places his knife and Angriel down. And then Matt starts pulling out <laughs> knives from every orifice. <laughs> like, not right. of his body, from his clothes. <laughs> like, <it's> not. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Well, we don't know. We don't know. It's an impressive pile when he's done. So who knows? Who knows? (laughs) I do love that, like, the the observation that Egwene's like, even the Aiel look mildly impressed at the number of daggers Matt's able to, like, remove from his person. Oh, Matt. I wonder if it was impressed or just amused. (laughs) I it think could be either. Aiel humor, they probably thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last minute, he finds two more. Like, oh, forgot about the ones in my boots. Right. Whoops, sorry. You're going to regret yeah. that later. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like, okay, so Matt, Rand, Avienda are all sent off to Ruidian, like the city, Ruidian. And then that leaves Moraine, Egwene, Lan, and the Wise Ones all together until the Wise Ones boot Lan, and they're like, we need to just talk to Egwene and Moraine. And we finally kind of start getting to the topic of dreaming with Egwene, but things get kind of weird as they're talking about it. Is that a question or a statement? Um, Are you you asking me? (laughs) I wasn't sure. We'll go with statement. Okay. Because I think Amis is going through this, like, list of things where they're like, if this didn't happen, this was going to happen. And if this thing happened, then this thing was going to happen. And then you, Moraine, asked to go to Ruidian. And then it's like, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Gosh, there's a lot in this chapter. There's a bit of an explanation about Jaito, if I said that right. Right. So read that explanation on Jaito. Read it again. Look everything you can online. Uh, <laughs> and then maybe you'll understand it a smidgen. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's all kind of convoluted, but on our code, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. There was another, I, I think this comes after the Moraine part where Lan 
tries to interrupt and they're like, get out of here on a line. And this is women's mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. And Lan leaves. And Moraine didn't know, like, them calling him on a line was new to her. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. Like, she wasn't with him during the IO war. They were bonded mm-hmm. later. So that moment from New Spring, he must have just never brought that up to her ever it's a nice little secret that we've been like given i guess on land's Mm -hmm. behalf and i think that's really cool especially because of that chapter being pretty cool Mm -hmm. yeah because there's like guy shen that gets explained in this chapter um what the aiel tents look like on the inside how they recline instead of like sitting in chairs and whatnot like there's just so much about every little thing in this chapter that paints a picture for me like i think jordan does a really good job of introducing an entirely new culture and having it still feel like it's familiar like it's been a part of the story the whole time in some ways like it's just so seamlessly done yeah we do move to this is where i was going with avienda Mm-hmm. being chastised and mm-hmm. she's very reluctant to give up her weapons and Egwene is trying to defend Avienda which is a noble cause to want to stick up for your friend mm-hmm. but the things that Egwene says I think probably would have been embarrassing for Avienda Mm -hmm. because of the cultural difference Mm -hmm. where Gwen is just like you're you're making her throw away things she loves and the wise Mm -hmm. ones are like yeah that's kind of the point right yeah (laughs) like she has to see it as garbage yeah the moment where Gwen has like after Avienda has run off and Gwen has the thought of come back to us be steadfast I don't know what it is about that little moment that like just pulls at my heart where I'm like the empathy she has for the moment is real she's been through something really similar and it still sits with her in her memory and so that little thought or intention maybe for your friend like those things always get me yeah well it just I think it's just one of the greater world-building moments, I guess, that are just sprinkled in throughout the books. I mean, the mm-hmm. Aiel could have been kind of boring if it was just, like, they are these desert-dwelling warriors in the end, you know? But there's more of, like, mm-hmm. a mystery behind their culture and their society that we slowly get like mm-hmm. increments of throughout mm-hmm. the story and this is obviously probably one of the biggest chapters of all of that for the mm-hmm. Aiel because it's our first you know we're in the waste now obviously this would be the time to do it mm-hmm. but if we're getting in season two the introduction of the Aiel mm-hmm. I would assume that 
Prime Video's team would have read this chapter and the next probably multiple times scanning for all of the information that they want to keep, things that they maybe want to expand on, and things that they totally want to drop. Mm-hmm. So, like, looking through this chapter specifically mm-hmm. for what is going to be pulled into the season two mm-hmm. Aiel introduction. And I think that's one of the reasons why it was interesting for me to read, because mm-hmm. I feel like this chapter itself might be the one that we get Easter eggs from. Mm. Okay. I was just thinking about, like, the... It's books two and three, primarily for season two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would would they be bringing in, like, they wouldn't be bringing in a lot of the IL culture just yet, right? Like, just bits It depends. If they're trying to combine books two and three into season two. Mm-hmm. We've already seen in the teaser that we have, like, Aiel women, right? Like, we have mm-hmm. Farterized Mai. Right. They have to be introducing them in a way that gives us some exposition into Aiel culture. Mm-hmm. The only other introduction we have is in The Great Hunt, where it's... I think Uriel or Urian, I don't remember, where he's like, we're searching for the prophesized corn car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> car corn. Corn cob. <laughs> car corn. That guy. <laughs> we have that. And then in The Dragon Reborn, we have Avienda and the Maidens of the Spear showing up where Nynaeve heals one of them. And then they... Mm-hmm save them Mm -hmm. and then we have at the end Mm -hmm. the stone of tear yeah the more that i am thinking about (laughs) i hate saying this season Mm. two the more i think that the stone of tear and falma might be a mixing of the two Mm mm-hmm because there's no reason to really bring in the Aiel until we're having a moment like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's either going to be something totally different where it's not a combining of the two, but mm-hmm. just something totally different than the books. Yeah. Because we already know that Tom's not going to be in season two. So Bummer. that's another big change. I'm still like, stuck on that (laughs) yeah I'm really just I'm kind of I feel like a tumbleweed for this season I don't think I'm going to be shocked by anything I think I'm keeping my I'm keeping as open as possible to the event of being just massively big big changes from the books (laughs) and I think that's okay it's it's a different story. That's fine. Yeah. Back to the Aiel in this chapter. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like all over the place. I don't mind. I'm following you. It's fun. <laughs> so if we have... Thanks. So if we have... Yeah. 
if we have farther eyes my showing up and it's something similar to the books where it's just they're here to show up drop a few lines they save the girls and that's that mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. but if this is more of a exposition where it's like these people are being shown like in their homeland where it's mm-hmm. not so much a like the book's battle for the stone but more of mm-hmm. a we're going to the waste and we're actually going to show you prophecy or the sending out of the Aeol to search for the Karakarn. It would make much more sense to bring in some of these lines and discussions that are in these chapters, especially on clan dynamics and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's another thing that's really brought out in this chapter is the separation of sept clans. Like, when the Aeol were in the stone, they were all by, like, their their warrior societies. Like, they were all split up that mm-hmm. way. They weren't necessarily split up by, like, their clans. And now we're seeing them split up. We're seeing some of the hostility towards each other coming out again it's why the wise ones have to come out and be like the peace of ruidian like mm-hmm. put your weapons down guys calm down like no like these are warriors they fight each other they raid each other like this is a big part of their culture that we're getting exposed to here as well like things have been pretty chill among the Aiel. they like have a focus up until this point the Stone of Tear and the search over the Dragon Wall, like all of those things have kind of held them together. And the water oaths that they had to swear before they left, those things are gone. Like now they're back home and things are kind of back to normal, if you will. Mm-hmm. No more water oaths to hold them to. They're not this like happy bunch of like we all get along together all the time people. It's fun to see like such a different culture. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with season two, but the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning on them really combining a lot, a lot. I think they're going to have to. The Shadow Rising is it's a huge book. So huge. much happens. You yep. cannot leave the Stone of Tear for season three if they're mm-hmm. also trying to do all of the Shadow Rising. It just... it. I don't think it won't that work. It's possible. Mm-mm. It's too much. It's too much. And like as I'm reading the the Shadow Rising, there are less things in this book that in my opinion can be cut as there are in books 2 and 3. And Correct. I mean there are so many changes that have to happen just because of some things that happened in season 1. So, of course, already expecting changes, but like it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they accidentally bite themselves in the ass by cutting things that are going to like come back and be like, "Oh, how do we fix that later on?" Like 
I want to know that their writers are really well educated around the book series. <laughs> I don't think it's possible that the whole team is going to be compromised of people who have read the books. I just think it's unrealistic. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I mean, look, people that have day jobs, right, that work normal weeks, <laughs> people in this, I, people that are in this type of industry Mm-hmm. They already work long hours. I mean, mm-hmm. the way that they have to be set up for recording and writing and all of that, yeah. how many hours that they're on set, I don't believe that these people are going to have the extra time to mm-hmm. open up a 15 book, 14 plus two extra, now three with the origins book I, there's not <laughs> that amount of time I mean that's mm-hmm. all going to come down to the writer's room so yep. the director is just the one kind of leading the overall feel and making final decisions and whatnot but the writer's room is where all of this yep. cutting and swapping and moving pieces around is going to happen which is what they're mm-hmm. working on right now for season three yeah I don't know I don't know yeah, I want to be in the writer's room. I I I wish I could be in the writer's room, seriously. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know how this process is done. I would love to be a fly on the wall, but in, in the same in the same breath, I don't think that I would want to be there because they're having to make such hard decisions about what stays and what goes and not because mm-hmm. there are things that they like or dislike. But because there isn't enough time. Yeah. Eight episodes. Eight episodes. I just, I feel like we're getting shortchanged on the lack of episodes. I want 10. I want 10, but I think 13 would be a safer number. (laughs) I know that's unreasonable. But it's not unreasonable, Amazon. Jeff Bezos, how much money do you have? Come on. Come on. Too much. Too much money. He could pay for all of the seasons out of his pocket. You know? Come on. Come on. Right. But the thing is, is that if... The way that streaming platforms make money is by getting new people to subscribe, Mm -hmm. right? If you are already a Prime Video member, you're Mm -hmm. set. Those aren't the people that they're trying to impress. So for you, I mean like you as an Amazon Prime Video, to make money, they need to bring in new people into the fold. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. not going to do that. If the show is mediocre, right? You want the hype of like, I need to be watching this. This is mm-hmm. the next, you know, really exciting thing in television. Yeah. The way that things are going, I think the season has been fair. I know that mm-hmm. there are plenty of people who are disappointed mm-hmm. because it was not what they expected. Yeah. And that's fine too. Mm hmm. But it's going to be really, really imperative that the next two seasons really Mm -hmm. just blow the doors off the hinges because Mm -hmm. I'm nervous for the series. (laughs) I want it to continue. I want them to be able to finish their vision. I know that he said that he's already have 
he being Rafe Judkins has already mapped everything out. Yeah. Where he sees like how far he's able to take it and do it within eight seasons, I believe mm-hmm. is what he said. That's what so I've heard. I want that to I want that to happen. So mm-hmm. I'm just I'm hoping. I know, same. And it's really like it's not going to get renewed if it's not yeah. good enough. Yeah. If it's not bringing in enough new viewers. I think I read somewhere that it was actually, like, Wheel of Time is actually Prime's most watched series of 2021. Right? It would have been 2021 because in 2022 it was still... Was, it, was there still an episode? Did it finish before 2022? I don't remember, but I know that Jack Ryan, no, not Jack Ryan, Jack Reacher, Jim uh-huh. Reacher, fuck, I can't remember <laughs> the name. <laughs> uh, but that show beat, Pri- uh, beat Wheel of Time, and then, of course, like, The Boys has a really high viewership. I don't like that show. I love it. I think it's ridiculous and over the top. It's great. <laughs> I tried watch it. I think I got like a couple seasons into it and I was just like, I can't. I can't. Like, I just can't do this. It's <sighs> I find it so much more entertaining than mm-hmm. the Marvel cinematic universe or just whatever. It's it's That's so fair. over the top that it's poking fun at the whole I don't know. It's almost comic hero, comic book, superhero satire. And I think mm-hmm. it's smart in that way. And it's so yep. ridiculous and over the top that, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that. It's just not a show for me, I guess. But that's all right. <clears throat> so should we get back to these chapters? Sure. I mean, we definitely can. Have we wrapped up everything we want to say about? this chapter it ends with Egwene wanting to be taught about dreaming and the wise ones being like no 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 like we need to talk to Moraine about stuff because she's going into Ruidian as well and then I think it ends up with Bear explaining the rules of Teleronrio to Egwene Yep. And telling her that if she gets anything wrong, there are going to be big consequences for consequences. her. That she needs to be able to repeat back all of the important points that are being explained to her. And you can yes. see Egwene's mind start to drift in the excitement and then pull back and focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did kind of... Like, she... She listens intently to what's happening or to what's being told to her, but she's like, she's not just doing it because she wants to learn these things. She's also doing it because she really doesn't want to go back to scrubbing pots. She's like, man, Matt Rand, they're off doing their thing and I'm here and I'm going to get stuck scrubbing pots again. Like, no, no, that is not why I came here. I was like. Apparently that works as motivation for her. She does not want to scrub those pots. Oh, youth. What can I say? 
Yeah. She's like, it's just not fair. It's not fair. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. It's you're, like little kids when they're like, whining. I'm bored. And it's like, do you know how much I wish to be bored? Like, <laughs> I yearn for boredom, okay? And it's like Egwene going off, like, they get to go off and have all the fun, and I have to learn. And it's yeah. like, they're going into the, probably one of the most, I, they're being told, you know, they're going to possibly die in there. You know, right. most people don't come out. All of Good them. luck. Like, all, all of the people that left, Avienda, Maureen, Matt, Rand, there's a possibility that none of them will come back. And Egwene is like, it's just not fair. I, I have to sit here and sip wine in the shade, learn what I want to learn. Shut up, Egwene. These kids. I am excited for her. I'm excited for her for like this learning how to be a dreamwalker. I am not. This is this is a plot line that I do not care about, and I do not like reading the end. <laughs> it is brutal for me. Yeah? I can't tell you why. Spoilers. It's cool. It's cool. Well, do we have anything more from that? chapter chapter 23 or should we move on to chapter 24 we should probably move on because we're at an hour what i've been having so much fun okay chapter 24 is ruidian matt is definitely not sure he's made the right decision to join rand on his quest to ruidian but he's determined not to die and this is what those snake people told him he has to do Walking through the fog that surrounds the city, Rand and Matt walk to the heart of the city. Rand enters the glass columns, his first steps into finding out if he is the car carn, the corn car of the Aiel, and Matt finds an entirely unexpected object that he hopes will resolve some of his issues. Yeah, this one... <laughs> I don't know. This, this was a chapter. So... That was the end of the statement. This was a chapter. This was a chapter. The end. Good night. Thanks Meine for joining Damund us. Herrn, vielen Dank. <laughs> no, this is just it. so. I I like that Rand channels the fountain back to flowing again, and Matt's like, right? "Oh, thank God, so thirsty." Wait a minute. Did you do that? <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, Matt." Matt. Crack me up. Highlight of this chapter for me is the Avendasora. Mm, and yeah. them taking a little leisurely respite under the tree of life. And mm-hmm. I thought this was just cute. Rand kind of having a moment of contemplation before... Mm-hmm. Well, both of them, Rand and Matt, before things are about to get wacky. Mm-hmm. For both of them. Right? It was a nice calm before the storm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Matt flips a coin to see whether or not he will go in. Mm-hmm. Turns out he's going in. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Doesn't- 
Doesn't the coin like land on its edge? It does. It does. Yeah. And then it eventually falls. Falls. But we don't know if it was Rand or not. Does it Matt accuse Rand again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind I don't know. I think that's kind of funny. Rand channeling to I mean, let's be honest. I would probably do the same thing. My Heck friend yeah. was being uber annoying. Be like, oh. <laughs> We're just going to speed things along here. But anyways, Rand goes in. Matt goes in. Then we meet the eelfin. Mm-hmm. The foxy man with his mm-hmm. sharp teeth and his pointed ears and his red hair that is all brushed up like fox ears. And mm-hmm. I can't picture this in my head. I just see a fox head on like a human <laughs> body thanks snakes and foxes yep. all of your avatars online have completely ruined <laughs> what i think they actually <laughs> look like because now i just see sexy fox folk so there's that fox men with six packs the end yeah i mean could be worse i guess yeah i mean it is discussed, like, what that pale leather silver-studded strips he's wearing across his chest. Yeah, he's wearing like, people skin with, like... People skin. Piercings in it. Ugh. But anyways, they're like, go ahead, say what you want to say. And mm-hmm. Matt's ready to get his three questions out, and they don't answer, so then he just starts... Mm-mm going off like an angry little waterfall and he's like i've got holes in my memory holes in my life and you're a bunch of idiots and if i had it my way i'd make those holes filled (laughs) and they're like boom done done. and he's like what the fuck wait what does that mean what do you mean and he's cussing at him and burn your eyes and burn your souls and blah 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 (laughs) and open up a door and free of ice die done yes and he says Open up a door and let me, and then that's the third done. And yep, they say, "What you ask will be given. The price will be paid." And he's still yelling, "Burn you!" And what are you talking mm-hmm. about? And then the scene ends to black, mm. Mm. and he couldn't breathe. <laughs> Forgot about that important part. <laughs> <laughs> If you like what you hear, rate and review us anywhere you listen to the podcast. This helps new listeners find the show. This podcast is brought to you by you. If you'd like to fund the show and receive cool stuff while doing it, check out The Road to Tarvalin on Patreon. All tiers can join us weekly for live recordings on our Discord server. Lastly, our Wheel of Time shop has a new web address and international shipping is finally live. Find all the links in our show notes and thanks for listening and joining us on the road to Tarvalin. Does that mean it's time to get into spoilers? Spoilers. 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 Now, would you like to proceed with what you're... Yeah. The point you were making about Matt. Yeah, because I mean, where the chapter ends with Matt not being able to breathe, like, this is where he gets his, is it Ashan, Ashandare? Ashandarai. Yes. Yeah. And it becomes 
like this is a key part of who he is. Everything is going to kind of affect his character. And I don't know. I, I just, I like this chapter. I like these chapters. I like where they're going to take us. Yeah, Matt's pretty lucky too because his Ashandari, let's be honest, it's like a spear. It's just a pointy thing on a long stick. Right. If it were me, I would have ended up trading it or selling it. Like, what the hell do I need this for? Cool. Thanks for the gift. <laughs> but we see how, like, he gets this thing and it's meaningless for so long. It's just a pointy stick for so long mm-hmm. until he actually goes back to the tower to rescue Moraine. And I mean, it's up until then that it's of any use. So for me, it's kind of funny that it's just like, cool, thanks for the weapon, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he use it as a weapon? Well, yeah, like he's he's trained to fight with a staff. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that he gets a staff. It just has a pointy thing on it. Like that mm-hmm. would be his ideal weapon anyways. Mm-hmm. But it's not like... It's not like you couldn't make something like that with a straight wooden stick. Like, you could make mm-hmm. that yourself. He doesn't know immediately <laughs> that. You could DIY that. Right? He could buy that on Etsy any day of the week. <laughs> but it has a, has a deeper, deeper uh, purpose. Well, it's, it's power rot, isn't it? Is the wood power rot? <laughs> Is it wooden? I don't, I, I don't remember what it's made out of, to be honest. Yeah. For some odd reason, I keep, I, like, in my head, I think it's, like, a power rot object, but I could be wrong. I mean, we'll find out soon enough. But, yeah, it is such a big part of who he is, and it does have, like, especially in the, in the rescue of Moraine, where he just uses it to, like, cut open a wall, right? Like, Right, it's, like, a key to enter or exit. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. It is power rot, but it, I'm trying to see if there's, if it's talking about the material that it's made out of. Mm. Because from my understanding, like the only time that we've seen power rot items being made, it was with metals. So does that mean it has to be metal to be power rot? Can they make power rot wooden things? I mean. Mm. Black Tower needs to set up their own Etsy shop, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's how they create revenue. Right? Is this the last that we see the Finn for a minute, too? I believe so, yeah. Because I, like, I was trying to think of moments where they come up again. And I think the next Redstone Doorway is the Moraine and Lanfear scene, but the the Finn don't show up in that at all. And then after that, it's the rescue, right? Yeah, I think so. Huh. I don't know why I thought they were like... Hold on, let me go flip through 14 books to make sure. (laughs) No, I think you're right. They just play this, like, key role that it's just a drop in, and I'm... are, are the snakes and foxes are they going to be in the show is there a way to remove them from the show and still have everything come out the way that it's supposed to 
Personally, I say you have to have the fin. Yeah, me too. Unless you are cutting Matt being a bloody genius battle commander, if you are cutting Moraine being tackled through the doorway, or Moraine tackling Lanfear through the doorway. Yeah. Therefore, you don't need to save her. But I think it's too much of a developmental role for Matt Mm -hmm. to cut. I agree with you. I was just trying to think, like, what they would do, how they would potentially write them in or out of the series. Yeah, the only way to cut them is if Matt is no longer needing to be a brilliant tactician. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, it's a good thing that they, like, gave him, (laughs) like, battle memories instead of, like, I don't know, dance master. (laughs) I mean, unless they're, like, unless they want us to believe that his drunken philanderer of a father somehow (laughs) gave him this wicked, awesome battle knowledge. Yeah. You know, like, I I don't know how else they would explain that away, except for it being the fin. Yeah. And two, man, just to think how, how exciting it would be to see the, I'm blanking out on the word. I just think it would be really exciting to see how the special effects team does Mm -hmm. the fin, how they would make them look. Or if mm-hmm. they just end up looking fairly human, but a little different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be so animalistic like the Trollocs or whatever. But... Well, and the, the set, too. Like, I'm trying to think about what the set building would look like for this. I don't think they would do a building. I think they would probably do... I think it would be mostly special effects or you just do it somewhere underground. Oh, here's an idea. They can shoot it in that Mm. cave that they like to shoot things in so much. (laughs) It's their favorite filming location. They can't get enough of it. (laughs) We'll put the the fin here. (laughs) No one will notice us using it again. We're going back to Slovenia. (laughs) Everyone get in. (laughs) We're going back to the cave. (laughs) that would be a hilarious running gag if like somehow we just keep ending up in that cave testing for the shawl it's in the cave (laughs) what else can we film down there Mm i'm thinking oh you could put like the torture of when samurag does the torture of the aes Sedai and the water you could somehow set it up in there in that cave Sure, it's the new torture chamber, it's Teleron Riyadh, it's everything. It's a testing chamber, it does everything. It's such a (laughs) multi-purpose area. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, that's, that's where I get kind of concerned, is like, will they decide that it's just not worth the effort and try to find a way around it? No, I mean, they're... They're shooting in Europe. There's plenty of of damp, dark, underground (laughs) places 
to shoot scenes like that. I'm not, why is that funny? <laughs> it just is. Like the way that you explain it, it's just like around every corner. There like, is. Welcome yeah. to our damp, dark. Get it. Throw a stone, hit a root cellar. <laughs> like the building was built before a certain time. Every basement looks like a cave. Yeah, I'm sure they could find like a place that's already been established to shoot a scene like this. Like it does not have to as we've seen it does not have to look exactly like it looks in the book or give the same like route to get to where he's going like in this one there's a lot of him coming around and seeing like matt seeing the same area that he's been in several times before right it's just him like going in a circle almost yeah yeah which i mean i don't get the point of doing that i don't i don't get it like, as the reader, I find it kind of annoying. I just want to get to the next part. Like, ooh, mysterious. They can walk in circles. Hooray. <laughs> well, I think the point is to show that there is not a way out. <laughs> really? Ugh, yeah. It went on forever. I'm like, this is taking too long. There are too many paragraphs spent on this. Move along. I did like, like, in my head, I can see that scene where Matt ends up in the room with the pedestals and how they're empty. And how he starts to turn around and notices that there's no door. And as he makes his second turn, the pedestals have humanoid creatures on them now. Like, I can see how they can do that with, like, a turn and a flash. I mean, that has to be so easy to film, really. You know, like, turn the camera off, set everything up. Bam, everyone's there kind of thing. So I feel like there are ways to do it where it would not be super costly. No, probably one of the easier things to shoot in general. Yeah. Like, the more we're talking about it, the more I can see where this could be, like, easily implemented. And all my concerns are kind of... But you know what? I'm still going to be worried that they're going to cut them out. Well, like I said, I'm (laughs) bracing myself for big, big changes. Mm Mm-hmm. So if something in the show is a big, big change, I'm not going to be surprised or disappointed with something like that i'm only going to be disappointed with changes <laughs> that <laughs> don't feel realistic i guess i don't know mm-hmm. yeah if the writing is good i'll be happy if it's a little like hand wavy like oh, okay like look over here i'm sure i will criticize away If the writing is good, I'm pretty much willing to embrace most changes that they want to make. Like, I am am down. I am down. Give me a different telling of the story. Surprise me at some point. Like, I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. Do you have any other spoilers? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think the only one that I really wrote down was, like, when we were talking about Lance kind of changing allegiance in a way, where, like, he's pulling away from Moraine. In some ways, this is, I want to say it's almost a good thing because of what's going to happen to Moraine. Like, maybe that that shift is going to help him when it comes time to... Say goodbye. Cut the cord. Yeah. Like, it's not like he has just one person to take care of or 
to care for him in a way. Like up until meeting Nynaeve and the Emmons Field crew, like it was just him and Moraine. And now it's like he has these feelings for Nynaeve and he is so many ways taking on the role of mentor for Rand, even in like subtle ways. And if he didn't have that, maybe that transition from like that severing of the warder bond, maybe it would have been even harder. Mm, I don't know. For I think as tough on the outside Lan is, no matter what happens, he would still be hit really hard by any type of loss associated with Moraine because they've got history, you know? Yeah. I think the problem that they're going through now is because he had no say in this. And I think that's the only way that things would be okay is if he had if he had some choice in this matter, which he doesn't. So, I mean, it's just piling on mm-hmm. the problems. You know, losing a warder, losing your Aes Sedai as a warder we're told like it's just this really horrific experience but i have to wonder if land doesn't like carry some anger towards moraine too with just like handing over his bond the way that he that she does like i don't know if we ever get a point of view from land as to like how he feels about that and that's kind of i don't know i would i i wish we would get that I'd love to see Lan's point of view on this. Like, Well, I'm sure we'll be getting a lot of that in season two because their bond has been severed and I can't think mm. of all of the things that they're going to talk about all season. I think mm. this is going to be the main topic between Lan and Moraine. So huh. maybe you'll get some of that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I kind of keep forgetting about that, that there is that separation between Lan and Moraine at the end of the season for the TV show. I'm equal parts excited to see where the writers are going to take this and nervous. Same. Yeah. I don't think I have any other spoilers. There's a lot that's going to come up next week. Like, we're going to be, I think we're just doing two chapters next week. Is that right? Ruidian. Oh, not Ruidian. The Path to the Spear. Yeah. The Road to the Spear. And then Chapter 26. Because these are like, I don't know, for me, these were always kind of intense chapters, like, to understand. I get them now, but it's because I've read them several, several times. But I've always thought they were so cool. I love anything that's like, this is a trip back in time. We're going to look at things from this perspective. I just think it's really cool. All right. Shall we wrap it up? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. 
You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.